You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. It's time to go inside the front office of the athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. Uh, it's time for the David Forst Show. David, uh, how are you? I am wonderful, Chris. How are you? Great. We were just we just had Joe Rudy on, and we were talking with Joe about uh, about how Joe DiMaggio was his outfield coach. Can you imagine having a guy like Joe DiMaggio on your coaching staff? That sounds pretty cool. I know. Uh, I know we've got a couple pictures of of Joe downstairs in Booth's office from his time with the A's. Always, always cool to see him around. Yeah, and, I, and, and, and you know, we're about the same age, and to think that, you know, we never got to see him play, but, I mean, Mr. Coffee and all the uh, all the endorsements that he had, he was just this larger-than-life larger guy, Marilyn Monroe, the New York Yankees, and to think he was just an A's coach. <laughs> just a couple degrees of separation from Booth. <laughs> yeah. uh, a major decision, obviously, when you got to and, and, and can you help me out? I, I got these callers that don't understand. And, and I and I like to tell them, hey, listen, this is just not baseball. I learned my time covering the Warriors that from Bob Myers all the way down, you know, Steve Kerr, all the decisions made by the Warriors are done by the group. Joe Lacob and everybody, they make a decision as a group. For some reason, everybody still wants to think this is Earl Weaver, Tommy Lasorda, Sparky Anderson, and that the manager makes all of the decisions. Talk about how the decisions, the, the real important decisions that are made for this organization are done by the group. It's the front office and the coaching staff making these decisions. Yeah, I mean, that's the reality of, of, of any sport right now, I think. I mean, yeah, you mentioned the Warriors, but um, yeah, without, you know, without being in any other front office or, or you know having real intimate knowledge I mean that's that's the way it works these days and and Bob has been a great collaborator and um, yeah it's, it's actually a little surprising for me to hear that that people don't expect uh, any decision you know no matter how little how big uh, to be made by the, the whole organization that's you know we're here to support Bob uh, and, and, you know, help him with the information and help him with the decisions. And, and he, he provides uh, perspective and input that we wouldn't otherwise have. So that's why you have a front office and a manager and, and not just one or the other. And how important is it to bring in Scott Emerson into these decisions? Because nobody knows not only the players and their ability, but also how they're doing mentally better than Scott Emerson. For sure, and and when I when I talk about Bob, I am in effect talking about the entire coaching staff. No one does a better job than Bob of of feeling out his coaching staff and making sure he gets input from every angle. And whether it's Emo on the pitchers or you know Darren Bush on the hitters, Mark Kotze on whatever, I mean, Bob does a great job of of taking all that input and and factoring it into to his and our decisions. So you make the mis- make the decision to start Mike Fires, and I know basically it's all hands on deck today. It's going to be like that for the White Sox. It's going to be like that for you. I mean, other than Chris Bassett, I got to think everybody is is available. Why did you decide to go with Mike Fires? There are a lot, you know, a lot of reasons. Um, you know, a lot of things went into this decision. Part of it is um, that, like you said, everybody is 
available. It is all hands on deck. And uh, yeah, Fires is the guy starting the game, but uh, you got a chance to see just about everybody over the course of nine or more innings. Um, but it just, um, you know, a lot of things lined up for Mike in terms of his, uh, his performance over the last month, the way the White Sox lineup shakes out, uh, the way our matchups play out over the course of the game. It just, uh, it worked out that, that he's the guy out there to start the game. Have you guys just seen that the way they handle left-handed pitching, how much did that play into it? They just, I, I know the record 15 and 0, but just, you know, the splits, the whole deal, how much did that, that, that work into this decision? It, it's one of the factors. Um, you know, I can't say there's anything uh, in any decision where, you know, you rely solely on that one thing, uh, but that's part of it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we said from the beginning, I, I think our lefties are, are not the lefties they've seen. You know, they had never seen Jesus before. They won't, you know, only a handful of these guys have seen Sean um, we obviously were comfortable enough bringing Jake in to finish the game last night. So, um, but yeah, those those things are part of the equation. I wouldn't say that uh, any one thing makes a decision for you. I'm glad you brought up yesterday because that's another thing I think fans struggle with, but we see it all through baseball, is that in a high-leverage situation, you know, the Rays did it in game one. They brought in their guy in the seventh. We saw last night with the Yankees. They brought in Chapman with two on and nobody out in the eighth. You brought in Liam yesterday, one on, nobody out in the eighth. That that in the postseason, it's different. Everybody feels you got to get your guy in in those top situations. Now, obviously, it didn't work out perfectly for you guys yesterday. It did for the Yankees. But talk about that strategy that it's just not the ninth inning, that there's crucial outs before the ninth inning, and that's when you feel you got to get your best guy out there. Um. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I would disagree with one thing. It did work out for us yesterday because we won the game. True. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know anybody who enjoyed the last 15 minutes or so, but but we did win that game. So, look, there, there's no doubt. In the eighth inning, there are two, three, four guys coming up. That's the right spot for your best pitcher. I mean, that it's as easy as that. Um, obviously, you know, Liam gives up the homer. Uh, doesn't have his best stuff. Doesn't have his best command. Maybe, you know, having three or four days off plays into that um but yeah you're you know you're looking at your best pitcher against their best hitters that's absolutely the time for liam to be in the game you know back in the day raleigh fingers would have come in in the six or the seven <laughs> the game out yes you're right he would have yeah he would have been uh lobbying to come in earlier and he would have let you know how, how far he can go you know, Liam Hendricks has been on this show more than any other player, and we've got to know him real well. And obviously, he's a very special guy away from the field with everything that he does. And, and I know he threw 49 pitches, but as Liam says, he's a former starter. He he would go every day. He would take the ball every day. So uh, some people have said, is he going to be available? I, I mean, I got I to gotta ask you. It's like no doubt he's going to be available, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Bob just spoke to the the media a few minutes ago and said he's going to wait for Liam to play catch uh, to make that determination. Um, but you're right, his his history would show he wants the ball, he wants to be out there. Uh, yeah, he does have a little different mentality. And you look back at Liam's history with us. I mean, he is he's done everything. He's served in every role. He's you know he's had to pitch back to back as kind of the mop up guy in the pen. He's you know he's been the setup guy. So. Uh, it, this, you're not talking about a guy who, you know, spent his whole career as a one inning closer and doesn't have that experience. So I, I'm not worried about Liam. 
Are you surprised that in the American League you're the only series going three? Uh, I fully expect complete chaos and randomness when it gets to this time of year. So, no. So, nothing surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, like, wild. Like, like were, were you able to pay attention to all the games yesterday? I mean, there was just – it was, like, chaos from the morning game. We had the record, most strikeouts in a game. We There was a tie for most – walks in a game it was baseball all day and as you said chaos all day yeah we we were able to follow most of the stuff we've got a handful of tvs up here in the suite at the ballpark so we kept kept all the other games on and uh yeah that that braves cardinals game seemed like it was gonna go on forever I, i'm not sure mlb could have put together a better ad campaign for having a runner on in the 10th inning uh than that game provided but um no we, we kept track uh, hopefully it was a fun day for fans uh, having that, and you got, I guess, another five games today. Yeah, I think about how valuable Mark Canna has been for you, and we've we've nicknamed him Duct Tape because whatever Bob needs to fix, you can just put duct tape there, and he'll take care of it, whether it's center, right, left, first, DH. And then we're, we're, we just had Joe Rudy on, and we're talking about the great catch against the Cincinnati Reds in the 1972 World Series, and, and that catch yesterday. I mean, that really was uh, – th- there was multiple plays of the game, but you could call that the play of the game where who knows if he doesn't make that catch what the outcome of the game is going to be. Just talk about how valuable Mark Canna has been for your roster. Yeah, I think Bassett had the, the best quote yesterday. So, that, you know, that – ultimately turned his entire start around so there's there's no way to overstate the importance of that catch and and pretty cool that it sort of evokes the memory of of joe rudy and you put those two still shots up next to each other and and kind of bridge the generation gap with a's fans but um but yeah mark finds a way to put himself in the middle of it even when when he's not swinging great you know, he does something on defense or, you know, for so long this season, he was the guy with the best quality at bats and the guy you wanted up the plate. So, um, no, it's been a great story. Mark's time with the A's and uh, he continues to find a way to, to get in the middle of things. And Chris Bassett, and I'm not trying to be a homer here, but I don't know if there's anybody in the American League who is throwing the ball better as a starter than Chris Bassett. Just talk about what he's become for your staff. Well, his numbers speak for themselves over, you know, the last month plus. I mean, you know, the, his 2019 season really went under the radar, but uh, Chris was Chris was a quality starter 30 times last year. And uh, we knew coming in this year he was part of the rotation. And I don't quite know that we expected him to step up the way he did over the last month, but um, – but he pitched well enough that he was a no-brainer to pitch one of the first two games of the series, and he went out there yesterday and showed why. Well, you have the famous quote on this show, ball goes far, team goes far. How great was it to see Chris Davis go yard and Marcus Simeon yesterday? Yeah, well, just, just to, for the record, I, I stole that line from Joe Sheehan, but, uh, but it applies, and, uh, and hitting homers is, I've always said hitting homers is good. So uh, it's nice. It's nice to see the ball leave the yard. That was a great swing by Marcus um, at a time when he really needed it. And and obviously uh, you see the effect on the rest of the group anytime Chris Chris hits the ball out of the yard. So it was good to see. You know, I I think people forget and we try to remind them that uh, the other team gets paid, too. And as of like September 18th. 
the White Sox were the number one seed in the American League, and they kind of faltered down the stretch. But you're playing a very good team with a terrific lineup. No doubt. No doubt. It's a really good group, and they've done a great job putting that team together. And, uh, you know, some some trades, some great signings uh, with, obviously, Luis Roberts and uh, keeping Abreu when, when some people weren't sure they were going to keep him past his last contract. But, yeah, they, it's a good team, no doubt. And, and you know, their, their bullpen really hasn't come into play a lot just because of how well Giolito pitched the first night. But this, it's a really good group down there, too. I'm guessing we're going to see the majority of it today. So uh, we got our work cut out for us because, like you said, they get paid, too. So we're all invested in this, and I'm thinking about yesterday. I couldn't keep score anymore. Next thing you know, I'm swinging a golf club. I'm starting to chip balls. I can barely watch. I'm thinking about how I feel at the end of that game. What's it like for you at the end of that game? That one was exhausting yesterday. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, luckily we've got, we've got our whole baseball operations group on, up here uh, to sort of provide support for one another. We're, we're in separate suites, but we can see each other through the windows up here. So it's nice to have other people to, to go through it with rather than just being on your own. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's always the thing about this this gig is that once the game starts, uh, we don't have any control. And that is a, that's an awful feeling. I, I, you know, think back 20 plus years ago about, you know, when you, when we were on the field and you had, you had control over it. And you, that's why you, those guys down there don't get nervous because they can do something about it. But sitting up here, it's, uh, it's tough to go through those. I'm just, I'm glad it turned out the way it did. Yeah. Because it's like, it, it, it's your baby, but you can't parent it. Once the game starts. Yeah, that's a tough analogy, but yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's like, it's like you've built it, you've created it, but yet it's, it, I, I can't imagine because it is totally out of your control. It is. It is. So you get, you get used to that over time and you, uh, you trust, you trust the guys between the lines to do what you hope they, they can. Do you ever wish it was like the old days, like Al Davis, and he could get on the phone and call down to the sidelines? No, I think we're all better off for that not being possible. <laughs> <laughs> all right, David, uh, you know, congratulations on everything that's happened. And it's, and it's a, I, you know, in the end, let's end on this. I'm just happy we have this. I'm just happy we're at this point. I agree. We're, we're fortunate to have this opportunity. Guys who played yesterday put us here. Uh, and they've got a shot now to uh, to help us advance. So looking forward to uh, to noon. Good luck uh, today, David. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Chris. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.